I have my serious portfolio, but I do set aside some play money. I've learned the hard way that falling in love with a stock can mean some pretty big losses. We never like to talk about our failures. We only like to talk about the winners, or especially to my wife anyway. Welcome to episode three of IC Your Trade, brought to you by IC Markets. IC Markets is a leading high-performance trading provider. IC Markets, beyond trading. I'm your host, Dan Petrie. Before we get into today's topic, let's lay out the rules of engagement. This is a bit like a game of professional sport, only instead of players, we are looking at financial assets. Instead of sporting coaches, we are getting the inside track from the titans of finance. We'll look at the form guide, the track record, and the tactical plays of our major players. Know the story behind the numbers. Go beyond the ordinary and prepare your game plan for the next trade. Let's Let's get ready to rumble. Today, we're talking about equities, or for those who like to keep things simple, good old-fashioned stocks. Yes, six letters that have been the inspiration for movies, books, sporting teams, and nowadays, social media influencers. Stick to the fundamentals. That's how IBM and Hilton were built. Stocks, or shares, represent true measures of wealth for many of us, across industries ranging from healthcare, banking, media, technology, electricity, and almost everything we consume at the shops on any given day. Drink overpriced coffee. There you go, that's $37. What awesome! Understanding the best stocks is akin to picking the best players with the key strengths in different areas. For stocks, making sense of a high-yield stock versus a growth stock and mitigating risk by investing in shares with defensive capabilities are all part of a high-quality investing plan. To explain more about equity investing and to get the top tips and game plans, I'm joined by Chief Investment Officer at Berman Invest, Julia Lee. Julia, welcome. Great to be here. Thanks, Dan. And Senior Wealth Manager at Shore & Partners, Adam Dawes. Hello, Adam. Hey, Dan. How are you going today? I'm very, very well. I'm really looking forward to today's topic. Funds, chattels, dividends, shares. Julia, you've worked as an equity strategist. You've specialised in technical and fundamental analysis and you've been a mainstay of stock market commentary across the Asia pack. The question begs, where did your love for equities first begin? You know, Dan, in the old days, you didn't have a career plan. You sort of just fell into whatever came your way. And I guess during the tech boom, I fell into the stock market and I I really fell in love with it. Um, What I love about the market is that there's so many different stories and at the heart of investing, you're investing in a business. So you get to find out so much, not only about the share market, but what's happening in the biotech sector, the industrial sector, the clean energy sector. And it's these stories, I think, that drive me and just getting a view of what's happening around the world. I just want to keep with that because you talk about different sectors. That's one thing people, when they go to the barbecue, they say, I'm thinking about getting into stocks, but there is a myriad of industry sectors. Uh, That must be fascinating to actually see how different companies operate within that uh, vertical. Absolutely. I mean, um, when I started out in the markets, someone said to me, go with the names that you know and trust. And most people, when they start out in the markets, they know a lot of retail names because most people go to the shops. Um, They buy things, whether it's clothing, shoes, furniture, housing goods. Um, So people are familiar with certain sectors of the market and not so much with other sectors of the market. For example, the industrial sector has things like airports and tollways, and it's quite an exciting area area as well. So I guess there's areas that we as people are more familiar with and then there's areas that we're uh, unfamiliar with. Adam, you're a senior investment manager at Shore & Partners and 
a lot of your role is really guarding against, you know, some people's more animal instincts and saying, I've got a feeling about something and really taking them through that education process for your clients. How did you fall in love with equities in the beginning? And what do you think about the industry now? Yeah, well, look, I certainly 18 years ago started on this journey uh, within equities and and really uh, to get an understanding because what made me feel or fall in love with it is is that I can be uh, sick one day, I can be sleeping, I can be doing something else and money is actually working for me. And so there was a real penny drop for me that, you know, I didn't have to be at work. I could be doing something else and there's some assets that are working for me. So that really sort of opened my eyes to what assets can I get working for me when I don't have to be there. And obviously the stock market was a, was a very good example of that. But yeah, it, it is about educating and it's about educating clients as well. And I think uh, we, we stop a lot of clients from making silly mistakes when they come to us and they say, oh, I heard at the barbecue or at the golf course this two cent gold stock what do you think? And, you know, we've potentially had a look at it before and, you know, steering that client clear of, of putting all their savings into into this one stock, but potentially putting, you know, a couple of thousand dollars into it and just sort of avoiding some of those train wrecks. Let's have a look at our player profiles. Good teams need star players with a track record of delivering in key moments. If we are talking about equities, being able to score an investment goal is ultimately about a good lead up. And in today's team sheets, we have two Premier League equity superstars ready to go. If you learn anything today, it's that investing in stocks is built upon understanding the market and the pros and cons of companies that may interest you. Julia, I'll start with you. Knowledge is power. And now where equity is concerned, how much power does one derive from a hot tip at a barbecue? So I have something called a barbecue indicator, a taxi driver indicator, and an Uber driver indicator. And I guess it's the same as the shoeshine boy indicator. Shoeshine, sir? Now, the shoeshine boy indicator was back in the 1920s when Joseph Kennedy went to get his shoeshined. And uh, the shoeshine guy um, told him to invest in a particular company. And often it's those tips that you hear at barbecues or through the taxi drivers, which isn't a buy signal. It tends to be more of a sell signal. And generally, when you're looking at investing, I, I look at it in the through the lens of cycles. So I think that most things in life move in cycles. And the question for me when I'm investing in lithium or iron ore or retail stocks is, are we at the top of that cycle or near the top of that cycle? Or have we passed the bottom of the cycle? Because, you know, the stock market goes up as well as down. Adam, in your role researching equities that deliver value for a client, it really is a key pillar of what you do. How do you focus when there is so much noise around? Yeah, uh, it comes down to the ability to filter that noise and then pick what a good story is versus what a bad story is. So one of the benefits of what I do and how we're able to pass that on to clients is that we see around about 300 to 350 companies a year. Now, those companies come in, they talk to us about what they do and they un- and we understand, you know, sort of intimately what they do. Now, a lot of the time I- I'm not interested in-, in the gold stock that they're talking about, but I'm interested in the gold sector. And so then I can go in and pick their brains about well, what's going on in their sector. And that's a really good way of filtering out a lot of the noises because they're on the ground doing the business and they know their major competitors, and then I can actually sort of glean a bit of information about the sector and what's going on. Plus also the noise that you hear is a a lot of chatter 
And I think that's been amplified now with the Reddit trades, the meme trades, the the GameStop, you know, those kinds of things have just been amplified and, you know, all of these other platforms, Discord, Clubhouse, all of these things are all springing up to potentially get your focus away from what the reality is and what the real things are going forward in a business or in the market, whether that's the resources, the banks, buy now, pay later, anything like that. But focus on that sector, zero in on a couple of stocks that you like, and then put them on the watch list and watch them every day, looking to see what their patterns are, what happens, and then you'll get a clearer idea of that sector and then you can move on to something else. Maybe steps. Fine. Julia, stock selection is important as in industry selection. So, for example, an energy company is not going to move the dial the same way a mining company will. There's different drivers for each sector. So when you have a look at the miners, commodity prices tend to move around quite a lot uh, day to day. And so it tends to jump around quite a bit. Whereas uh, something like, I guess, the telecom sector, you know, is more of a utility type of company where things don't jump around as much from day to day. The share market's a a fantastic place to generate long-term returns and make money. But sometimes it's the risk side of things that ensures that you have longevity in terms of uh, making money in the market. The industry sector, which has arguably created the most headlines globally, has been technology. (gasps) We're on the internet. One of the new phenomenons to emerge in recent years is the likes of Google, Apple, Facebook and Amazon, all reporting these massive quarterly numbers only to see their share prices hardly move. Adam, technology is popular, but why doesn't the market get excited by these blowout numbers? Yeah, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, Obviously, you know, the the big American companies have had some fantastic growth, and I suspect a lot of people remember the tech crash back in the sort of 2000s when basically, you know, we all thought that these major uh, internet companies were going to do very well, and and they were bought up on on the fact that they were going to have that growth. But what actually happened and reason why everything sort of came back very quickly was that they actually had no revenue. So it was a good idea, but there was actually no money coming into the business. Fast forward 15, 20 years, and now we've got these businesses that are actually making money. They're actually generating revenue and potentially making a profit for a lot of these businesses. So I think you've seen some fantastic numbers coming up into 2020 because of those uh, that revenue number and, and the ability for them to capture markets. But what has happened, I think, really from now, and it's sort of pre-COVID to post-COVID, pre-COVID and even inside of COVID, these technology companies had some fantastic growth, some fantastic numbers. But the reason why the, the share prices aren't following those numbers is because of what is happening post-COVID and are those numbers going to last do we still need that business where we're online shopping? Do we go back out to the stores? And are those numbers going to last? Unless the company can then show us that shopping habits have changed, which I think they have, but not to the extent that they think, the market won't attribute that growth to the share price until they can get that worked out. So equities might be bought and sold, but selecting stocks which work needs a lot of careful planning. Plan. Plan. Need a plan. This is a space littered with examples of sayings that provide sage advice to the uninitiated. There seems to be more cliches around stocks than one can poke a stick at. Oops, there I go again. Understanding equities and where they sit within an industry sector is a key building block for the budding investor. So how does one start training to join the big leagues? Welcome to the big leagues. Things just got a little more interesting. Let's switch to the big plays. 
The dreaded phrases of equity investing are often trotted out when the markets are in bull territory. The trend is your friend. This time, it's different. It's a market of stocks, not a stock market. Bulls make money, bears make money, pigs get slaughtered. A tortured lot of phrases and sayings. And so, Julia, I'll stay with you. Record low interest rates. You did touch before, ever so briefly, on property. The interest now in terms of a lot of hot money into the market, how do you play a market where people are really risk on in terms of they can't get into the property sector, so they're thinking, well, I might play the stock market for a while. Uh, Well, I find markets like this super exciting. When I started in the market, uh, it was the midst of the tech boom, where almost everything you bought went up, um, which is a fantastic place to be for a new investor. Um, Obviously, along the way, you learn some lessons. But I guess a market like this is called hot because it's moving quite rapidly um, and valuations are looking relatively high. And for me, when I look at bubbles forming, I don't think of it so much as um, in terms of valuations um, because valuations are high, but I think of it as timeframes getting shorter and shorter. Um, When you're investing in the market, you know, usually you're looking out at least a couple of years or three or four or five years or even for the long term. But I think as a market gets more mature, investors' timeframes start just getting squeezed shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter, um, where people are willing to take risk in the short term, but maybe not over the next two or three years. Adam, the rise of the acronym, or FOMO. Fear of missing out, it seems to be luring more people in. How true is that of you know, investing currently and how do you see it uh, playing out? Yeah, so obviously that fear is a huge uh, motivator for people. And, you know, we could use the Afterpay example of everyone hearing about it in the press, but then not really getting involved with it or watching it go higher or listening to their friends talk about how the Afterpay has done so well, I've made so much money. And from that, then they need to open up an account, brokerage account, and then buy some. Now, as Julia said previously, if it's talked about at the barbecue, it's probably already happened. Afterpay certainly caught the market's attention and that fear of missing out meant that the share price got driven up to $160. Now, it's currently sitting at $80 today, so there has been a lot of people that have missed out on potentially the upside, but then uh, they're not missing out on the downside. Not a bullfighter. Ever see a bullfight? Let's get to your rationale behind investing in equities. Adam, I am going to stay with you. Most people don't do the right thing until they've been badly burned from a mistake. A lot of people, they open up a trading account and they just launch in off the hot tip. Now, do you see them after the fact or do you see them before the fact? Uh, Generally after the fact, through COVID and February last year to March, when we saw our market fall by 30 32%, that's when we needed to hold people's hands. That's when we needed to make sure that they weren't doing anything silly and making sure that they held their nerve because, as we've seen, that the market has come back roaringly. But following tips sometimes works, but I would say nine times out of ten, you'll lose money on those tips. So just be buyer beware in a lot of stocks. No sporting match commentary would be complete without a review of epic wins and epic fails. In terms of epic wins, buy now, pay later companies such as Zip and Afterpay have enjoyed a great run. 
But how much of this has been down to timing and is it just the fact that they've become on the radar? Julia, I'll start with you. Well, so much in life is about timing. That's what makes it so satisfying. I guess just being aware of what's noise versus what's a real um, mover of the stock is important because something like Afterpay, you know, it's had a tremendous run, um, but the market is only really focused on sort of what's happened over the last few months. Have you seen anything that rivals this uh, buy now, pay later sector? Oh, the baby formula space. A2 Milk's down 55% this year. It was down 20% last year. But it was up 40% in 2019. It was up 40% in 2018. In 2017, it was up by 261%. You could look at any sector. I mean, you could look at lithium. You could look at uranium. You could look at nickel. Um, A lot of these places have these big um, moves up and these big moves down, which is why I like to look at the market and certain sectors in cycles, because I find a lot of it does move in cycles. And when it comes to something like Afterpay, I ask myself, well, is, is the growth still in front of the company or is the growth behind the company? So it's trading X growth. Um, most of the growth already happened in the past. Adam, I'll ask you to read the tea leaves here. What have you been really uh, the epic wins uh, for you over the last year? Yeah, look, certainly th- there has been a couple of winners, and obviously we've been an early investor in in that buy now pay later sector. So Zip has definitely been one of those ones that we've we've really uh, done well for for a lot of clients, and and still holding it and still believe in the story. So yeah, that that's been one. I think some of the other wins, and, and, and it's sort of been scoffed about for a while now, but like it's now becoming more and more prevalent, is, is ESG. You know, the way the world is moving that these large pension funds, the way people are speaking about it, you know, five years ago, you'd be laughed out of the room if you said you wanted something with ESG in it because everybody's like, well, you, you need to make money because potentially they're all losing money. This time around, the companies and the world is getting very serious about ESG, and I think that is going to be a trend that you cannot ignore for the next five, even ten years going forward. Every company is looking to be at net zero. So an epic win, it is only just started, but some of those ESG companies and some of the people that are asking basically for a feel-good factor when they invest... Which leads me into the, the flip side of the coin. Julia, epic fails anything taking your attention in that front? I guess this year, um, the technology space has been the place that has really failed. So if we have a look at it, the sector that's done the worst is the technology space, down 18%. Adam, do you have any epic fails that you've cast the eye over for the last year? Yeah, look, it it is interesting and it's a really good question because we never like to talk about our failures. We only like to talk about the winners, or especially to my wife anyway. Um, So I I think for for a lot of us, the epic fails have been, you know, this whole China story and the ramifications of, of China putting tariffs on a lot of our goods. Before we wrap up, let's get some words of wisdom from our coaches. We can't talk about equities and wisdom without referring to the oracle of Omaha himself, Warren Buffett, when he says, someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Adam, do you have a hundred words of wisdom for our listeners? If you look at certain stocks, put them on your watch list and watch them every day. Okay, now you're busy doing other stuff, but you can watch it at 
at nine o'clock and then six o'clock at night or something like that in the you know in the morning throughout the day. But watch those stocks, and it only has to be five stocks, ten stocks. Put them in a watch list and watch them very, very carefully. And then when you feel like you've understanding the stock, that's when you can start to put some of your hard-earned money into it. And Julia Lee, words of wisdom, please. The more time you have in the market, the time does the heavy lifting for you. So $10,000 invested at 8% a year is worth more than $20,000 after 10 years. After 20 years, it's worth around $50,000. And after 50 years, that $10,000 is worth more than $500,000. Well, there we are. Julia Lee, Chief Investment Officer at Berman Invest and Adam Dawes, Senior Wealth Manager at Shoreham Partners. Thank you so much for joining us on I See Your Trade today. Thanks, Dan. It was a pleasure, Dan. And thank you for joining me on Episode 3 of I See Your Trade, brought to you by IC Markets. IC Markets is a leading high-performance trading provider. IC Markets, beyond trading. Thank you to our guests for being part of this podcast. I hope you've learned something about equities. It's been a pleasure having your company. I'm Dan Petrie, and I'll join you next time.